First Corinthians chapter 16, verses one and two. Now about the collection for the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of the week, of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Amen. Um, I dealt with this um, several years ago uh, because every year I would deal with stewardship um, in the area of giving. I didn't do that last year um, because of, you know, COVID, et cetera. But I wanted to kind of just uh, revisit this issue on giving uh, tonight. So I want to talk about tonight the principles uh, of giving, the principles, the principles of giving, the principles of, uh, of giving. Um, Selwyn, Selwyn Hughes um, said, remember this, you can't serve God and money, but you can serve God with money. Selwyn you said that you can't you can't serve God <clears throat> and money, but you can serve God with money. One more time for the folk in the back who didn't hear what he said. Selwyn you said that you cannot uh, serve God and money, but you can serve um, God with money. Um, good evening. Good evening. Um, scripture says that money is the root of all evil. Uh, but in essence, um, money itself is not evil. It is people's um, desire for money with wrong intentions, um, that's evil. And when you have <clears throat> dishonorable intentions, when you, when you will lie, cheat, steal, rob, and kill for um, resources, that's evil. But when you understand that everything that we have, including our resources, is a gift from God. But you understand that God has no problem with you having resources. The issue comes in when you put the resources before him. That when you put your desire or your desires to have money or to obtain money when when you when you put money before him before his will before his ways because let's be honest none of us can function and live and flow 
without having resources. But even in having those resources um, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we must be obedient in how we use those resources, those resources. Because in essence, when it comes to giving, what God desires most is not your money. It is your obedience. It is your it is your faith. It is it is suggesting to us tonight that God is the provider of all of our resources. Uh, whether it's a minimum wage job, whether it's a fixed income of Social Security retirement, whether it is you've gotten the lump sum from an injury or a job, whether it's a stimulus check, whether it's um, an income tax refund, whatever you have in the area of resources, it is not based upon your qualifications or your goodness. They all come as a gift from the Almighty God. And I hear you say, well, I get up and I go to work every day. Who, who do you think gives you the strength and the mental wherewithal to focus and do what you do? And so in Malachi, God requires us to give the tithe and the offering. Um, and those gifts are not, giving those gifts are not predicated upon what's happening in the environment that we're still required to honor God with our gifts. And in Malachi 3, God promises to do some things. He promises to open up windows of heaven and pour out, pours out blessings. But he also says, I'll rebuke the, the devourer. I'll rebuke uh, the attacker. Uh, for my namesake, I'll I'll protect what you what you have. And remember this, church, that just because you uh, sow financial resources, it doesn't mean that God will bless you back in that same area. Because for some of you, um, you don't need more money. You need more peace. You need more joy. You need God to favor and protect your children and your grandchildren. You need God to uh, heal your your body. You need, and so don't don't always look for uh, the return of your gifts to be financial, and and sometimes they are financial because. God knows how you need to be blessed, but don't think everything you give um, will will return be returned in the area of um, resources, financial resources. Because some of you can testify that you can have all of the resources, but you still can't sleep at night because money still can't buy. Money can't buy sleep, money can't buy peace, money can't buy a home, money can't reconcile broken relationships, money 
money money can't do certain things and they are those who fight and fuss and cuss and scrape and uh, sell out and rob and cheat and steal um, for certain financial gain and resources only to discover that usually in some cases the more resources you have the more um more issues you have because now that people know that you have resources and now you have cousins and friends popping up and uh, as my uncle would say back in louisiana pole mouthing <laughs> uh pole mouthing you know let me hold a hundred till friday and friday never shows up and then when you ask for your money they uh they they seem to get some kind of ill disposition. But money used uh, God's way uh, is powerful. Uh, and I've discovered this too, that when you don't give God what's his, he has a way of coming and get it. And uh, usually when he, when he comes and gets what's his, he, uh, he, <laughs> he normally gets a tip. And for those of you who are trying to get ahead uh, and you say stuff like, I'm not going to give this week or this month because this is our crutch. God understands and God knows. No, God knows you have no faith. God knows you are disobedient. God, God knows that you are trusting your own uh, ways, your own resources, and you don't trust him because I'm saving for a car. I'm saving for a new house. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I gotta put the down payment here. I got to buy furniture, and I'm going. You know, we're going through so much right now, and God understands. N nowhere in Scripture that it says God understands your lack of faith or your lack of obedience. And what you do is literally, you put yourself in the position where God says, "Okay, since you don't trust me," uh, and since you think you are getting ahead like this, I'm going to show you um, your disobedience in some cases will push you three or four steps back. Because the thing about giving is you, 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 you can't figure out how God's going to bless you. Um, you, you, you because it, it, it's a faith walk that, that we do this by faith in spite of pandemic. In spite of pandemics, in spite of, <coughs> excuse me, in spite of this and that and whatever, we, we, we do this by faith. We do this by faith. We do this by faith. And I'm talking to you tonight who have, you've stopped giving because you say, I can't afford to. No, what you can't do is you can't afford not to. Um. And literally, literally, when you look at giving, all get all this is is God trying to set you up to put you in a position to be blessed based upon your faith in Him and your obedience to Him. But but the problem is, you're so smart. You're such an academician. You're such a you're, you're such a pessimist. You 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 you're gonna do it your way because because I can't afford and. And he understands, and I'll and and I'll I won't do I won't do it this week. I'll just double up next week. You lying? 
you you lying. If you ain't gonna do it this, if you if you can't give the hundred, then what makes you think you will have the faith to give the two hundred next week? So so stop lying to yourself. But most of all, stop lying to God. And and like I know, you know, God's been too good to you uh, and to all of us for you to cheat cheat Him because. This is not about the preacher or the church. This is about this is about your relationship and your walk with God and your faith in, in God Himself. And so tonight in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, um, Paul gives us some instructions about some principles about uh, giving. He says. Now concerning the collection of the saints, you you should follow the you, you should follow the directions I gave to the churches of Galatia on the first day of every week. Each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. I open this up. But with Sylvan you saying that you can't serve God and money, but you can serve God with money. Listen, church, uh, with all due respect, uh, as it takes resources to run your house, it also takes resources to run the Lord's house. Um, ministry cost, real ministry, real ministry cost. Um, and it is us who occupy the Lord's church. We are responsible for the upkeep and the welfare um, of the Lord's church. And it's amazing throughout Paul's writings, he says stuff like this, God, God loves a cheerful giver. Um, that your giving should be, that your giving should make you happy. That your attitude and your disposition uh, when giving literally should warm your heart that you should have an attitude to say, thank you, Jesus. And you have blessed me with resources to give to, um, to you and to your church. And one of the most misquoted scriptures there is in the body of Christ is found in, in the book of Philippians, where Paul says, <clears throat> And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. That's what that's what we use when we're broke, when we're going through, when when we're when we're facing calamity. That that's what we go to. Because that that's what church people do. We use the Bible out of context to to give weight and foundation to what we think it means or what we or what we're going through. But let me let me give context to that. Paul is saying that because he's in jail. The people of Philippi took up an offering. They gave that money to Epaphroditus. He goes to Paul. And he takes that money to the Apostle Paul. It, it, in essence, if I could be urban, literally, uh, the church took up money uh, to put on Pastor Paul's books. 
if, if, if I could do it like that. And Paul writes the people at Philippi because when Epaphroditus gets to where Paul is, he gets sick. And so Paul is writing them to explain his long delay, his absence, and to also thank them for their resources, but to also tell them, because you took care of the church and the preacher, and my God shall supply all of your needs. So let me in essence say this in, in context. If you aren't taking care of the church and the Lord's preacher, then that in context doesn't apply to you. You, 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 you just can't pick and choose how you're going to turn and bend the Bible to fit your narrative. Contextually, Paul says, this is because you took care of the Lord's church and the Lord's preacher. And because you did that out of your lack, out of your lack, because you took care of the church and the preacher out of your lack, and my God shall supply all of your needs. And so again, contextually, if you aren't doing those two things, that scripture does not apply to you. Amen. Um, but in this text, uh, Paul, first of all, gives us the principle of consistency and priority. He says upon the first day of the week, uh, that, that, that is the principle of consistency and priority upon the first day of the week. That, that you should not come to church or you should not, when we were coming to church or, you know, before the pandemic or, you know, you, you, Paul says that your giving should be a priority, but it should be a consistent priority upon the first day of the week. Okay. The Sabbath day. Uh, for us in our calendar, that is Sunday, the first day of the week. Um, but let me say this for those of you who have no discipline uh, to keep it, and if you get paid Friday or whenever you get paid. If you don't have any discipline to keep it and thinking you will spend it, go ahead and send it when you get it. Amen. Amen. But he says, um, our giving should have consistent priority. Our priority should be consistent or upon the first day of the week. That weekly, you, you should have a gift to give to the Lord's church or under the Lord and the Lord's church weekly. Um, you, you know how your resources come in, um, but whatever, however they come in, uh, he says upon the first day of the week, which means you may only tithe twice a month because you want to get paid twice a month. But those other two Sundays, you still should put some type of offering in the Lord's church. Just because you get paid once a month and you tithe once a month, don't mean you are excused from those other three Sundays upon the first day of the week. They are usually four weeks in a month, sometimes five, which means weekly 
there should be a contribution to your fellowship from you. Amen. 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 That you, you ought to you you ought to make giving a priority, and your giving should be consistent as it is prioritized. Amen. Um, I'm I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm trying to make a point. We make eating a priority. Prayerfully, we make, you know, personal hygiene a priority. And like those things are priorities, you make your bills a priority. Because if you don't, you'll get cut off notices, repossess, repossessions and foreclosures, etc. And Paul says, like you make those things a priority, also make before you make those things a priority, in essence, make God a priority first. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. <clears throat> yeah. Paul says, listen, there is a principle of consistency and priority that you don't just say, oh, it's Sunday. What am I going to give to God? That's something that you should pray about and allow God to lead you and guide you because, because you know, uh, God, God may say, okay, well, you know, you gave 20 last week, but when you're praying about it in your prayer time, God may say, okay, give 25 this week. Be led by God in how you give to the Lord's church. Just, just don't say, well, I'm going to give five. I'm going to give one. Now, if that's all you have, if that's how you're led, fine. But be open to God and hear God's voice because sometimes God will burden your heart to give more than you gave last week for his own purposes, for his own reasons. Um, there have been times I have preached for folks, for, for pastors and uh, God has said to me, don't take that check today. Preach, but don't you take that check. Or if you have it, give it back. And I've been obedient to the will of God and to the word of God and the voice of God. If God said, don't take it, I ain't taking it. I don't care how much it is. If God said, don't, that ain't for you. Give it back to the church. Or in some cases, give it to the pastor. And that's what I do. Because whatever God tells me to give or give back, I have enough sense to know there is a reason and there is a blessing behind what he's telling me. Now, I could be in my flesh and stifle the voice of God, but guess what? That's not hurting God. I'm cutting off what God has for me because of my disobedience. Amen. 
And so be open to hear what God says to you. Be, be open to hear. So it, it, he, he deals with the, the principle of consistency and priority. But secondly, church, that there is the, the principle of personal responsibility. Let every one of you, let every one of you. Here is the unfortunate reality in every church in America. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how small it is. Here is the unfortunate reality in America. You listening? Here it is. There is only a certain percentage of the people who actually finance the Lord's church. I don't care how many butts in the seats. I don't care how many people are looking online. There will only be 10%, 12% of a congregation financing the Lord's church while the other percentile who don't give anything gripe and complain about what should be done or what shouldn't be done. Yep, I'll wait. I'll wait. And that didn't hit me until one of my friends who has quote unquote a mega church says, out of all of the thousands of people that I have who watch me, who come see me, who come hear me, only 10% of the congregation actually carries this church. I was floored. I was floored. People everywhere, building massive. And you're telling me all of these multiple services, cameras, staff, security, um, um, all this stuff you got going on, only 10%. He said, yep, the rest just come and look and clap and go to sleep. That's unfair. It's unfair to you because you, you are cutting off your blessing while the other folk who are being obedient are getting blessed, but it's unfair that 10%, 5% of memberships have to carry the weight of people who just come and sit and look and have no obligation, so you think, to your ministry, your church. Paul has let every one of you, it is your responsibility to give. And don't give me no sob story about you a single parent or you a widow or widow or you on a fixed income. That don't don't, I, don't do that, because because this is God. This is God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and the world and they that live therein. You you ain't given to me. This is God's church, and you have to trust God that when you take care of God's church and God's and and God's church, uh, God's building, God's church, God's people, faith says, I believe God will take care of me. Even Solomon says, when you when, Solomon says, when you lend to the Lord, when, when you give to the poor, 
He says, you lend unto the Lord and God will repay you. Stop, stop looking for people to pay you. Look for God, look for your harvest not to come at the hands of people, but God. And God will put it upon people's hearts and minds to bless you. But the blessing don't come from them. It comes from God placing you on their hearts to bless you. It is your responsibility to give to the Lord's church. Let every one of you, not a certain percentage of you, not, not those who are six figures, not, not those who live behind the gate, not, not those who are degree, not those who work at the plant, not those who teach school, not, not, not the professionals. Let each one of you, widows, orphans, widowers, because guess what? What God is looking for, honestly, is not the amount you give. It is the heart and the spirit and the attitude in which you give it. Because guess what? The widow who had the mites, guess what? God blessed her because she didn't have much, but what she gave, she gave with pure heart and pure intentions. Church, giving is not competition. You want to outgive him, outgive her because you want your name called on a plaque or on the wall. Uh-uh. No, uh-uh. That's the wrong attitude. God ain't going to bless that. Because what you're going to do is you're going to give your money and guess what? You won't get the blessing that you deserve because your attitude was horrible. You trying to give because you think if you give enough, you're going to get this position. You're going to become a, a deacon. A, a pastor going to put you here. I'm, I'm going to get no wrong attitude. I'm, I'm going to give the pastor a love offering. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this because you want to try to buy the preacher so he can put you somewhere because you want power and position. Uh-uh. No, don't do that. Uh-uh. Mm -mm. God ain't going to bless that. God ain't going to bless that. You have a responsibility. Every one of you. Every one of you. If you are watching my broadcast tonight, no matter what church you are part of, you, ma'am, you, sir, have a responsibility to your church. You can't give what the millionaire gives. You, you can't give what the six-figure person gives. But you can give what you give in obedience to what you get paid once a month or twice a month or however you, however, however you get it. Do I make sense tonight? Stop making this competition. Stop giving to be seen. Stop giving because you want power and position and you think you can give your way into certain uh, uh, positions in church. Wrong attitude, wrong position. Because scripture says when you humble yourself, God will elevate you. When you elevate yourself, God will bring you down. 
Stop doing this for the wrong reasons. Do it because you because you love God. And do it because you want to be obedient to the word of God. Not, not because you, you're trying to get close to Ray about, you know, you want pastor to brag on you. Man, listen, listen. One line Terry Anderson said to me years ago in church and preaching, he says, if the preacher never calls your name down here, just make sure God calls your name up there. And stop being so sophomoric in your thinking. You want your name called. What are you, 10? Are you, I mean, what are you? You 12? You 6? He didn't call my name. What? Grow up. Grow up, man. You're too old for that. It's not about your name being called. This is about God seeing your obedience to him. And your desire beyond having your name called ought to be obedient to God. Beyond being seen and a plaque, having your name on a wall, your desire ought to be obedience to God. And when I am obedient to God, I set myself up for God to bless me. And then my, my, my blessings aren't in the hands of people in the hands of God. So, but, but, so but again, before, before you say what they should do or what that, no, ma'am, you, sir, have a responsibility. If you are a member of the Lord's church, if you are a member of a certain fellowship, and some of y'all shouting on credit, and raising hell for free. Shouting on credit. And raising hell for free. You can quote me on that. Yeah. The responsibility is ours to take care of the Lord's church, to do ministry. Amen. Amen. I'm done when I tell you this. He gives us thirdly the principle of proportionate giving. The principle of proportionate giving. Paul does not specify uh, any certain percentage in this text. Having been nurtured in Judaism, Paul would have practiced tithing according to the Old Testament prescription. Paul gives us a challenge to go beyond the tithe, exhorting them to give in keeping how he proposes, how he, how he prospers rather. No, you, you, you're not going to find the tithe in this text. But again, Paul was a Jew, so he would have he practiced the tithe. Um, that was his heritage. That, that, that's how he was raised and trained. Proportionate uh, giving. You, ma'am, you, sir, are required to give a tenth of your income. You know, one of the questions that we that I, that as a pastor I always get, uh, you know, from people uh, when it comes to tithing for past, do I do I do I uh, tithe from the gross or or the net 
uh, and my 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 commentary biblically is from the gross, uh, because if you read the Gospels, Jesus says, "Give unto Caesar at which is Caesar's, but give unto the Lord, where's the Lord?" Caesar, Caesar being the government, you know, uh, FICA and Social Security and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, that that's my commentary based upon scripture. Give to Caesar what, what, what Caesar's. The, ta the taxes are part of life. I mean, Old Testament they pay taxes. You you got to pay taxes or, or you going to prison. So. Uh, pay your taxes, you know, but but uh, it's proportional. You you owe you you owe God a tenth percent. This ain't this ain't hard. This ain't hard. If you make six grand a month, you owe God tithe wise six hundred. Now the offering is separate from the tithe. Tithe and offering. The tithe is is six hundred. Your offering may be a hundred, two hundred, or forty, or sixty. But when you tithe minus the offering, your gift is incomplete. And when you give an offering minus the tithe, your gift is still incomplete. If you make a thousand dollars a month, you owe God the tithe of a hundred. The offering is how you are led by the Spirit of God and your love towards God. If you make twenty five hundred a month, you owe God in the tithe two fifty plus your offering. Do I make sense? If you if you if you make ten grand a month, you owe God a thousand plus your offering. So don't 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 boast because you paid the tithe only. Because if you pay the tithe only minus the offering, it's incomplete. You know, yeah, incomplete. So some stuff got to come together. Some stuff got to come together. You know, some stuff got to come together. You got you got to have cereal and milk. Sugar got to be in the cake. You know, cheese got to be with the macaroni. Do you feel me? Peanut butter got to be with the jelly. Kool Aid got to have the sugar. You know, so some some stuff is just natural. It just comes. It it comes together. You know, you, you can't have a crawfish ball minus potatoes and sausage. That that that's that's disrespectful. That is disrespectful. Some stuff comes together. 
And if you are obe disobedient, guess what? You ain't hurting the Lord's church. You're hurting yourself. Because God's church will always survive because it's built on God. Not no preacher, not no pastor, not no people, not no clique. The Lord's church is built upon Jesus. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. So what, what God is literally saying to you, I'm trying to put you in a position by faith to take care of my church. When you do that out of obedience and faith, I'll take care of you. But since you're so smart, I want to do this thing your way, I'll make you suffer. You'll go without. You'll, you'll have lack. So blessed or cursed, guess what? It's your choice. You can you can overthink this if you want. Um, I, I've said this before, and I'll end it on this note. Um, this has happened twice in 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 my ministry at this church where I am currently. Um, twice I have um had a need and as a pastor I don't charge people who are my members for funerals or wedding that's a part of 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 my of my job it's who I am it's what I do now there are some who give in any way because of their love for me uh and my gift and I appreciate all of you who've ever done that to me thank you so much but twice I've had a need and God has said give give it give it and i didn't i didn't i didn't i didn't second i didn't second guess it and twice uh two gentlemen in my church have blown my mind by what they put in the card for their pastor and then one had the nerve to say if that's not enough let me know and i'll add to it That's because I walk by faith and not by sight. And even out of their gifts, I gave. Don't sell yourself short. And again, maybe the burden that you need is not money. Because every, every, every gift that you give to the Lord's church, you won't receive in the area of money. Again, you may need peace. You may need God to... Have mercy upon your child who is going to court or favor your spouse's health. Or you, you, you don't know how God's going to come through. But know one thing. If God can't get anything through you, he may stop giving it to you. Because some stuff that you get ain't for you. God may give you the $100 as a blessing, but guess what? Somebody may bless you with it, but guess what? You think it's for you, but it ain't for you. It's for your neighbor. Person across the street. God says, hey, no. That, that ain't for you. That's for him. Go give it to him. Or they'll call you with a need. And no one thing. God bless you. Good night. You can't beat God's giving.
no matter how hard you try. The more you give to him, the more he'll give to you. Just keep on giving. It's really true. You can't beat God's giving no matter how hard you try. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be unto God. God bless you, church. God bless you. Learn to sow. Learn to sow. Because here it is, church. You can't always be the one people are sowing into. Learn how to sow into other people. Yeah. But make sure that the ground you're sowing on is fertile ground that will produce results. Amen.